millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode of Fan of History. How about that? We have a special guest today. We have Gil from the a podcast of Biblical Proportions, which is a podcast that I've been binged. Well, I actually binged, uh, listened to it already, and I'm totally addicted to. I He's also a friend of Gary's, which is great, because that was my other favorite podcast. So I, I really feel like these guys have really helped me understand a lot more about the Bible. So I totally recommend checking out um, a podcast of Biblical Proportions. And uh, so much thank you, Gil, for helping us with this uh, with these, this episode. Hi, Bernie. I, we're going to actually... I know that people say, you know, it's my pleasure, but really it's my pleasure. I'm really happy to do it. Oh, it is my pleasure. Yeah, I think I mentioned to the listeners, we have a podcaster's history group and uh, Gil set up. This, this guy's got a lot of energy. And if you really want to learn, I don't think anybody in the whole world has put together, you know, what you've put together in your podcast about who wrote the Bible, why they wrote it. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And so what we're going to talk about in these episodes are the siege and eventual, well, we won't do any spoilers, but we're going to talk about the siege of Jerusalem and see what happens and why. Yes, yes. And uh, first of all, just, you know, to, to tell people, uh, to let people know what the, the, the stakes are, the siege and then what happens to Jerusalem afterwards is basically the one singular event around which the entire Hebrew Bible revolves. This is the one event that is the most meaningful and that either what happened before or what happened later is directly related to that. And even though these people didn't know that this event was so important, you know, in the centuries that came after with the rise of Christianity and then with Islam, it became an event of, you know, biblical proportions. Of, yeah. It's just incredible how this city, little city, not important, that the Babylonians just like wiped off the face of the earth. This event is just, you know, an event that stands out in the entire, in entire human history. Amazing. I agree. And it's funny you say that because I've been mentioning in the podcast like how how much this particular era in history has so much effect on everything and people don't realize right. it's it's kind of ancient, you know, it's the 600s BC into this. Have have you heard they call this the long century like from the siege, the original siege in 720 to the destruct or the possible whatever happens. They call it the long century. Uh, you nice. know, of like a lot of things happen, you know, it sort of set the stage for Greeks and just all these other things you think about in ancient history, but this was really, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. Sure. And so the the siege. I guess, should I just no? You you set the stage. 
Yeah, so I'm going to set the stage here. What happens? Well, as we know, the Assyrian Empire has we pretty much kaput at this point. The Assyrian <laughs> Empire has been for a couple hundred years. You know, they've been kicking Babylon's ass. They've been kicking everyone's ass. They they siege Jerusalem back in Hezekiah's day, as we know from with Sennacherib and that kind of thing. And um, but now the Babylonians have they're the new boss. The Babylonians have taken same over. As the old boss. Yeah, pretty much the same as the old boss though, and they're putting down their you know they're putting down their um, they're laying down the law basically. And so around six oh one ish, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar tried to invade Egypt, and he didn't quite make it. They they the Egyptians you know gave gave him a little defeat. So the uh, Judah decided to they figured well maybe they're not so tough and as usual. I always seems to me, and Gary from history um, in the Bible will say, they always just seem to make the wrong diplomatic decisions, don't you think? On the one hand, it's just like like so they were so wrong that it's it's just amazing. But I don't know if we zoom out a little bit, maybe we can understand better why they were so wrong so often. Because where Judah is placed is in between Babylon. In Egypt, it's basically a land bridge that connects Africa to Asia. And then, you know, it was Assyria before, but Babylon, that's basically the same thing. And both of these empires, this was the land that they fought most over. Not only, you know, uh, with the sword, but also with the pen. Placing their own king over there who would secure that land bridge and not give it to their enemies. So Egypt and Babylon... They kept replacing Judean kings through political factions within Judea. So you had one king who was pro-Egyptian, and then the Babylonians had to come in. They replaced him with someone else. And then the Egyptians started to meddle in, the, in internal, uh, internal Judean politics. So basically, they didn't have a chance. Like this tiny, super insignificant land, Judea, it's just like so insignificant. The only reason that it's significant is because it's important to these two giant powers. And they play mm-hmm. their Game of Thrones and they replace the, their kings. And eventually, the, so the Egyptians put their own king there, Yehoiakim, and his wife, very pro-Egyptian. And they miscalculated, but you know, they miscalculated trusting that the Egyptians will have their backs <laughs> mm-hmm. when push came to shove. Uh, didn't happen. <laughs> didn't. It seems like it, we we look at it over a broad period of time. You know, it's each generation. You know, each generation's only you know twenty, thirty years, and so they think, oh, the Egyptians have our back, and they don't realize that the Egyptians seem to never have their back. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support, one hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What does Sennacherib say? You lean on that, you lean on that broken reed of Egypt. It will pierce your hand. Nice. He said that when the, during the stuff oh. with Hezekiah's siege. So history repeats itself in some yep, way. Just sure without a miracle here. Because So the Babylonians come in because Yoyakim refused to pay tribute. This is a rebellion in the ancient world means that you are not willing to pay, to pay up. Right. Like, you know, so we're going to destroy your kingdom and replace you with somebody who will pay. Like for the Babylonians, <clears throat> they have to have this land. It's like non-negotiable. Right. So after Yehoiakim dies and he's replaced by his, <clears throat> sorry, by his son, probably eight-year-old, then mm. they have no chance against the Babylonians. They capitulate. All of their elite and, and a lot of their soldiers and everybody who's making uh, weapons, creating weapons and, and building stuff, thousands of people are taken away in an effort to you know, make sure that this will not happen again. We'll put our own guy over there instead of your boy king. We'll keep the boy king alive in, in, in case the guy we put in there will uh, uh, change uh, sides. Maybe we can bring back the boy king. And mm -hmm. we'll take away all your armies, all your elite, all your court. Good luck rebelling again. Uh, they did rebel again, but... <laughs> And this is like around 598, 597, I think, right? Yes. Pretty sure. Yes. And, yeah. And this was basically... This exile, this started the, what is called the, the Babylonian exile, the Babylonian captivity, and okay. it left no chance for future uh, rebellious Hebrews <laughs> to, you know, win out another rebellion. Uh, so it basically was, it, it was like a chess piece that said, the next time you're going to rebel, there's no going back. There's no going mm -hmm. back because we took away all like, your army, your commanders, your politicians. Uh, so you would think that that would be enough. But yeah. yeah. Now, apparently they didn't live too bad, right? When they were in Babylon, because we have, we found some tablets. I have the, I have the, um, the translation here. I know we found some tablets that said what they had to give to the king. If I could uh, share that. It was like in the 1899, somewhere around there in this dig, they found this stones. Amazing. And, um, Yeah, right? So it's like, you know, it's, that's one thing. When they find these things, it proves certain things in the Bible actually happen. It doesn't mean an angel of death killed everybody, you know? It doesn't mean that, you know, but it does mean that these, it does show us that these events in the Bible happened, but, you know, the other stuff, not necessarily. But anyway, it says here, um, this is the, the like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The rations, right? So 10 sila of oil to the king of Judah, two and a half sila of oil to the offspring of Judah's king, mm -hmm. four sila to eight Judean men. And then there's another tablet that says one and a half sila um, of oil for three woodworkers from Arvad. And that's not really um, Judah, but that's near there. Eleven mm. and a half for eight woodworkers from Byblos. Three and a half for seven Greeks craftsmen. A half a piece, a half sila to 
a carpenter, ten to the king of Judah's son, and two and a half for the five sons of the Judean king. So I guess they took care of them while they're there. Sort of like a gilded cage? Yeah, exactly. A gilded cage for the elite. The, like the, right. the exile was, was made up of two distinct populations. You, you had the, the people who call this exile the exile of Jehoiachin. He was the boy king. So this is like the elite exile. And you had the, and another name for it is the exile of the craftsmen and the artisans, which were just like okay. regular working people who had to perform hard labor to rebuild the Babylonian war-torn cities because of all the wars with the Assyrians. So they had to regrow their fields, and they were quasi-serfs. So for them, they were the ones when later uh, the Hebrews were allowed to return. The elite stayed because they had a good life, as you said. The regular people, they heard back home. Okay. What um what did they do? Do you know what they did with all that oil? Was that like, like kind of like money, or do they just need a lot of oil? Like, why does the king have so much mm-hmm. oil? He gives it to his retainers and things like that. I wonder. Oil was also used for uh, ritualistic religious purposes. Okay, uh, so that might be the thing because also the people who were like those exile, those exiles, they were like very religiously hardcore. Like they okay. wanted to be independent of any man and just like their only sovereign would be Yahweh God okay so they were like really like the the, the harshest uh, you know uh, rules and the priestly texts in the bible the really like anal stuff <laughs> <laughs> this is those people that uh, okay. you know we have to do everything in a very specific sort of way so maybe oh, right. the oil yeah, yeah. was uh, important there. gotcha yeah. Like OCD with that stuff. Exactly, OCD. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it also makes me think of, this is cool that they found this because we always talked in our podcast about Assyria and they would always take all these people, of course, to Assyria. And we would say like if a king was taken and he was never heard from again. But I, I, I do get the feeling that they didn't always just like flay them when they brought them back. I think they probably did. If the Babylonians were doing this, then this was a tradition. I mean, if sometimes yes. like... um. Uh, Ashurbanipal, he he was pretty nasty. He made some of these kings like crawl in cages and put them in dog cages and make them pull his thing. But but he t- talks about that. So I think that the ones that just sort of disappeared, they probably just maybe they lived a little good life too in the empire. Maybe it depends how you were caught because what Yehoiachi, the boy king, his father, the one who rebelled, quote unquote, he died. We don't know how. So the boy okay. king, he chose not to fight when the Babylonian armies came over. He just like, uh, you know, handed himself over to the Babylonians. So this is why he was allowed to live uh, with his family and all that. Other kings who rebelled and were caught, they, you know, right. their fate They might have got flayed. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to, you know, this, they, they went no. through harsh torture. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yes, spoil, spoil uh, the future, but, you know. No, some harsh stuff. I know, indeed. So we're at like, so we're at like five ninety eight. This is the first time that uh, the city was sieged. So basically, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, sieged the city, but he didn't break down the walls. They capitulated. Is what happened here. Exactly. And in the Bible, we have information of the super intense political battle inside Jerusalem about 
whether we should capitulate to the Babylonians or not. We have that uh, from the book of Jeremiah, who was all out into let's uh, cut a deal with the Babylonians. And through his chapters, we know that there were political assassinations against uh, prophets who prophesied that if we don't capitulate, the Babylonians will destroy us. One of them was killed. He, w- he fled to Egypt <laughs> because Egypt was on the side of the rebellious king. He was brought all the way back. This is like murdering, assassinating Trotsky in Mexico or something. Yeah. They brought him all the way back to the king, killed him, and Jeremiah had to, he was a fugitive. So this was like serious, serious stuff. This was like very, very intense politically, emotionally. And then the result was devastating for Jerusalem. So many thousands of people were just taken away. And now... now but Jer- so Jeremiah wasn't taken away. He went, he fled to Egypt at this time. Is that what you're No, no. The, it was another, another prophet. Another one. We, uh, we don't have his texts. We don't know if he had text. Gotcha. We just know that he was assassinated. Uh, Jeremiah was a fugitive. He was aided by the opposition. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Inside Jerusalem, they were hiding him. We even have the name uh, of the person who... Hid him, Achikam ben Shafan. They were hiding Jeremiah. Hiding Jeremiah because they also okay. because other you know the nobility was split among should we uh, fight against the Babylonians and tra- trust Yahweh will save us like he saved us in 701 BCE from the Assyrians right. or should we just like you know be, be pragmatic and see how the Babylonians destroy everybody who fights them and those mm-hmm. who don't fight against them you know they're allowed to live like. The Babylonians weren't horrible to people who sent them money. Right. It was a, is this sort of too that wasn't it sort of that he said that God chose the Babylonians to do this? This is what uh, Jeremiah basically said. He said that uh, this like both of them were speaking both sides of the uh, of the political aisle were speaking in the name of Yahweh. One side was saying Yahweh will save us and the other one said no, Yahweh is destroying us. <laughs> right. Unless because of Manasseh. Yeah. But through <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. I always say it was Manasseh's, Manasseh's fault because he was wicked, wicked, and so they had to suffer from him. It's always the other guy's fault. <laughs> yeah, it was his fault. He was the best king they ever had, but it was his fault that they got destroyed after he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he seemed to have been a good king. He was great. He lived 50 years. He, he brought out, you know, the olive oil production. Everybody was happy. He made peace with the Assyrians. You know, everything was good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was wicked. Wicked, wicked <laughs> Manasseh. Because the people who wrote <laughs> that, though, those were the people who, you know, eventually lost and they were bitter and they were yeah. getting their revenge, you know, in the text. Right. I always say it's like, you just like, that's like shooting an arrow into the wall and then drawing a circle around it and say, see, we were right. He was wrong. Yes. Yes. So, so anyway, I guess, so that's, so that's the first, um, that was a siege, but they capitulated. This is around five, you know, the 598, 597. Yes. So then we have a new king, right? This and is a Tzidkiyahu. What's his name? Zedekiah, Tzidkiyahu. Gotcha. 
Right. So he's the king, and he is he was put there by Babylon. By Babylon. So he's supposed to right. be, you know, a pliant. Right. That's the thinking. <laughs> That's what you would think. You would think, because he just saw what happened, and now Judah is much, much weaker than it was before, while the Babylonian Empire is only growing stronger. So you would think that that would be the end of it, right? Right. No. <laughs> what happened? It was the other, the faction that was for Egypt sort of took over? Exactly. So the like scholars, they divide those factions. Uh, they call it like the pro-Egyptian faction and the pro-Babylonian faction. I think it's, okay. it takes away a little bit of the agency of the people who were in those factions. So I like to look at them as like a, the hawkish faction and the pragmatics and the pragmatic faction. Okay. So the hawkish faction, they relied on the Egyptians because the Egyptians, the Egyptians promised them independence. You won't have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. Just hold off the Babylonians. So they were with the Egyptians mm -hmm. for that reason. And the pragmatic uh, faction, they were, you know, saw what was going on around them. And they, you know, made the correct uh, decision to pay taxes to the Babylonians. So Zedekiah, mm -hmm. Zedekiah, he was their guy. And at first, everything went uh, fine. But mm -hmm. then, for some reason that we don't know, he decided to stop paying taxes again, Tzidkiyahu. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to go into that? That's uh, in the next Yeah, uh, I would think so. I, yeah, I think so. And I think, and I, and I always, uh, we did an episode on the Assyrians um, intelligence services, and it was really interesting. I, I read this uh, scholarly book on it, and I, I believe that Nabopolassar, Nebuchadnezzar's father, was a was an Assyrian uh, agent, right? He was a he was a really good at intelligence, and so like any you know the ancient art of war, even to today, right? Any you want to win a war, you have your intelligence has to be right, you know. And I think that the Babylonians were really good at intelligence, and I don't think the but somehow the Egyptians' intelligence must have flipped, you know. Um, and do you know Zedekiah. who I think was a Babylonian agent? Okay, so we're going to end it with a little bit of a cliffhanger there, because when Gil and I get going, we can just, you know, sort of keep talking and talking. We actually recorded this in one, you know, one sitting, so now there will be two episodes. So I'm going to cut this off right there, cliffhanger, who is the Assyrian agent? I should say, who is the Babylonian agent? And I also want to clear up one other thing I said during the podcast was that The long century started in 720, 721 with the siege of Jerusalem. I meant, I meant with the destruction of the northern kingdom in 721. And then, so from like 721 till 587, some scholars consider that the long century. So that's it for this episode. We're going to continue. You'll find out who the agent is in the next episode. Um, If you like what we do, please go to patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Give us a couple of bucks. It will really help us out with the podcast. And check out our other podcast, What's New in History. It's on the same feed, but there's a little different. And you could share that with your friends. We try to keep those a little more for the layperson. And I appreciate it very much. And we will catch you again at the in 580s. We'll finish this episode in the 580s. So the next episode in the 580s will be the continuation of this episode. All right, thank you. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.